0: or through our online campus. If this message blesses you and you'd like to support the ministry financially, again you can go to eclive.org and click on the Giving tab and choose online campus at your campus. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope this message will be an encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. To take a minute and welcome all of our locations right now, our Banta Campus, Franklin Campus, our Garfield Park Campus, our online campus, our uh, our locations over at the Theodore House and also the Johnson County Work Release. Can, can we give it up for all of our locations, including here at Greenwood? <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. We're going to have so many locations soon, I'm not going to be able to remember all of them, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there, but... Uh, we are in a series right now called Upgrade. Now, before I jump back into week number three of our series, I just want to let you know that I am having a fantastic morning. I really am. I'm super energized. And the reason why I'm really having a great morning today is because last night my son's team uh, won for the first time ever, Greenwood Christian Academy won the county championship tournament. And uh, so very, very exciting. Uh, it was a highlight of, of uh, my fatherhood um, and I didn't even do anything. Um, but so our, our, my son's team played great. Their head coach, Johnny Marlin's a fantastic coach. They they just played wonderful. The boys, the boys did a great job. And so I'm ultra super excited. And so you might just get the best sermon you've ever heard today. Okay. So I know life is not about basketball, but basketball is pretty important. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Um, so if you're new here, uh, like I said, we're in a series called Upgrade. And I, I, I want to start with, with a little bit of a flashback from my childhood. I remember in my childhood, a big part of it was Legos. Anybody else grow up, you know, and just, just Legos were a big deal. And, and they're super old, too. I didn't even realize this, but Legos have been around since, gosh, I think the 1930s. Um, but uh, you know we we my family had two really large bags of Legos I mean like laundry bags and so it was a it, it was a, a weekly occurrence that my brothers and I would get our Legos out we'd spread them all over the floor and we'd spend hours building some sort of ship or or or, or car and it had guns and wheels and you know two hours later we'd have this awesome ship and and it and then we'd break it up we would keep it for a little while and we would break it up and put everything back in the bag and that was just so, you know something that we did is a lot of fun and you know today you know Know kids, kids play with Legos, but it's a little bit different. Have you noticed that the Legos actually come, you know, like this? And and this is an example. Like back in our day, you just got Legos and you built something from your head. Like now it's like no, build this. You know, and it's like I don't know what's the matter with kids today. Maybe they lack creativity or something. I don't know. Just kidding, just kidding. Anyway, it's obviously to make money. So, uh, but this is a great example. And, and if you have kids or grandkids, you've probably worked with them on building something like this for their birthday or for Christmas or whatever. Um, and and it's, it's, a, it's kind of a, a, a difficult thing to do. It's so challenging that they actually give you like a 100-page manual, to follow. Have you seen these? Like, no, I'm not kidding. When I say 100 pages, there are literally 100 pages in this thing with step-by-step instructions uh, to follow. And if you don't follow these instructions, guess what happens? You don't get to build. You don't get to build the ship. Isn't this cool, this right here, this is actually the real ship, the Millennium Falcon. It's Super cool. And um, I didn't have anything like this when I was a kid. But did you guys? No, I don't think, yeah. So this actually opens up, isn't that fun? Like you can actually see inside. Like that's where Han Solo and Chewbacca uh, would hang out and play that little chess game, whatever it was that they were playing. Uh, but uh, if, you, if you look really closely, you can see Chewie and Solo right in there. That's kind of, you can't see it, but anyway, super cool. And if you don't follow the instructions on, in the manual to build this thing, that it's, it's going to be a challenge it's going to be a challenge to get the end result, to get what's, what's on the box here. And so that's why they give this to you. And I want to talk a little bit today about the concept of following instructions. We're in a series called Upgrade. And what we said in this series is that, you know, around this time of the year, we'd all like to take our lives to the next level. You know, we'd all like to, you know, improve our physical health and fitness or, or our relationship with God or, or maybe overcome some sort of emotion that's been plaguing us or maybe kick a bad habit or an addiction. And so we set goals in New Year's resolutions. The only problem is we, we struggle to follow through. We struggle to fail. So what we said is, what if we look back at the story of the Israelites who had probably the greatest upgrade in the Bible. They move out of 400 years of slavery into the promised land. What if we looked at their story and just pulled out some principles and then applied them to our lives so that we too can experience an upgrade? And so we talked about week one, extreme clarity. Last week we talked about pushing our limits. If you missed either one of those talks, you can go to our YouTube channel. Yes, that's right. Emmanuel's now has a YouTube channel. You can check it out and look at those two talks. But today, today I want to talk about this concept of following instructions. In your notes, I wrote it like this. Third principle of an upgrade. And we're going to look at this in the story of Joshua and the Israelites. An upgrade will require, say it with me, obedience. Now that word obedience is not a sexy word. It's not a popular word. It's not a fun word. Do you agree? It's like, that's, that's what kind of word that is. It's like, really, do I have to do what you say? Do I, have to, do I have to follow the boss? Do I have to do what my mom and dad say? It's kind of almost has a negative connotation, but I want to kind of try to change that perspective for you today. Every single upgrade is going to require obedience. You know, when I would help my kids with, with these little projects, uh, for, with the Lego projects for Christmas... When you get to, you know, I don't know, step twenty-four or so, it kind of repeats itself. Like there's a series of steps for one side of the ship, and then there's a series of steps for another for the other side of the ship, and the top of the ship, and the bottom. And it can get a little bit redundant. And so sometimes, because I'm such a smart guy, I just think to myself, "Well, I've already seen these steps. I'll just wing it." And several times I've put down the instructional manual and I've just kind of said, well, I know the way this piece goes. I've already done this once. And so I start to put it together by myself and only to find out 17 steps later that I missed a step. Have you been there? Maybe it was with Ikea furniture. <laughs> Maybe you didn't, you've never put a Lego together, but you get Ikea furniture out and you're like, ah, I don't need this stupid manual. So you start to do it because you, you think you're smart. And then you get to like step five, and you're like, oh, this doesn't look right. This table, it's not supposed to shape this way. It it doesn't look like the picture on the box. Well, you decided, and what I decided, and I do it all the time, I just decided to, to, to wing it, to kind of do it on my own. And here's what I'm telling you today as a pastor, and I see this so many times as a pastor of a church. People come into me, and, and this is my own life as well. It's not judging anybody, but you know, the people come to me and they say, Hey, I need help with my marriage. I need help with my relationship with my son, my daughter. My finances are a mess. You know, we're about to get a divorce, this and that. I'm, 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 I'm having anxiety and worry, and I can't even function at work, and all I do is sleep. And what has happened is their life is not looking like they wanted it to because. At some point, you and I have decided to skip a bunch of steps because we thought we knew better when it came to parenting or when it comes to finances or when it comes to sexuality. We're like, you know what, I, I, I kind of know, know what the Bible says, and I, I went to Sunday school, but I think I got it. So I'm just going to put this book away. It's a little bit archaic anyway. I mean, is it really relevant for today? I mean, come on, it's so old. Does God really know about how I should handle my sexuality? Hmm. Does God really know about money? Did Jesus really know about handle, handling finances? I mean, it was so long ago. Let me just put it down and I will do it my way. And then 16 steps later, we're going, this isn't working out. Let me go call somebody. Let me go talk to somebody. You know what the problem is with me? And, and this is me, I'll just throw myself. I, I kind of think I know how to do things. And so I just do it. My way. I don't follow the instructions. Listen to what God told Joshua in regards to getting into the promised land. In regards to crossing after they cross the Jordan River and get into the promised land. Listen to what God tells Joshua in Joshua 1 verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. We covered that last week. Why? Because we're going to have to push past our limits. We're going to have to do things we've never done before. And it's going to bring fear and doubt. So we have to be strong and courageous. Watch the next sentence. Be careful to, say it with me, all of our our campuses. Obey. Obey. Be careful to obey all of the instructions that Moses gave you in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's what Moses gave Joshua. Be careful to follow everything that Moses gave you in the Pentateuch. That's the first five books of the Bible. If you do that and you don't fail to deviate, don't deviate from them turning either to the right or to the left. Don't skip any steps, Josh. And When you do that, if you do that, if you obey... You'll be successful in everything you do. Wow. I would have thought he would have said, you know, Joshua, you have to get up every morning and you have to train all of the men who are years or 20 and older how to kill with a sword. And you have to make a bunch of armor because you don't have any armor. And if you will make swords and armor and if you will practice and get them battle ready, then you will be successful. That's not what he says. I would have said that. He says, no, 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 just just obey what Moses told you and you'll be successful. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah said. Isaiah 1 verse 19. If you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the good things of the land. God is looking for people who simply say, yes, sir. Whatever you say, I'll do it just like you said now why? Well, how is it? Like I, I have one of those minds where it's like I read something in the Bible, but I'm like, yeah, but how does that work? Oh, uh, you know, I, I hear you, but why does that work that way? Anybody else have a, a mind like that? I'm always looking at things from that day. Like I see something, but I, I want to know why. That's why I used to drive my mom nuts. Why do I have to do that? You know, you tell a kid to do something, and, and they're like, they won't. It's like why? It's me. Okay, God, why does it work this way? Three reasons. Number one, when we obey, guess what? God's power is activated. God's divine power is activated when we simply obey him. Think about what God told Joshua about Jericho. Hey, walk around the city once every day for six days, and then walk around the city seven times on the seventh day, and after the seventh lap, blow the horns and shout, and I will activate my power and bring the walls down. God's power was dependent upon the obedience of the Israelites. I don't even know that I can explain that. I just know that that's what's there in the scripture. That when we obey God, he says, I'm going to unlock, unleash my divine favor in your life. There's a great story in the book of Luke chapter 5. Jesus is preaching on the shore and um, Peter and his, his uh, fisherman crew had fished all night, so they had left their boats on the side. And so Jesus is preaching on the sand, and he's, and, and the crowd is pressing in on him, and they're, 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 they're like almost pushing him in the water, so he gets in one of the boats and kind of gets into the water, and he continues his sermon. And then after his sermon's done and everybody kind of disperses, listen to what he says to Peter. He says, now, Peter, I want you to go out, back out into where the water's deep and let down your nets to catch some fish. Now, Peter had fished all night, so listen to what he says. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and we didn't catch one fish. Not, not a thing. Now, Jesus, think about what think about Peter's mindset. I know that you work with wood and you make tables and chairs and you're a carpenter, and that's awesome. We'd a fisherman. <laughs> and I know about fish, and I know when they bite and when they don't bite. And we've been out there laboring all night in the cold. We haven't caught one fish. Are you sure you know what you're talking about? I'm not so sure you do. Nevertheless, watch this. And wouldn't it be wonderful if this were the mantra of our lives? Nevertheless, if you say so, I will go out and let my nets down again. Watch what happens. And this time their nets were so full of fish that the nets began to tear. With a shout, watch this, Peter's partners come out with another boat, and soon, as they're putting their fish in the boat, both boats began sinking. I mean, when I read this stuff, I'm like, wow. All Peter did was say, if you say so, I will do it. And God's power shows up, and all these fish start to jump in the net. I don't know why. Why? Listen, I'm not telling you, you know, I understand this. I'm just telling you what happened and what caused it. Peter said, I will do what you say. I will obey. Joshua said, I will do what you said. And God's power is activated when we simply obey. You know what Peter does after this happens? He gets down on his knees and he bows low and he says, depart from me, Jesus. I am a sinful man. Why? Because... He obeyed with a doubt in his heart. He's like, I don't, think, I don't think you know what you're talking about. Like, we are the fishermen. We fished all night, didn't catch a thing. You're the carpenter. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. What if that was the mantra of your life? See, we live in a culture today where a lot of people read this book, yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. I mean, people don't, people live with each other today. Like, they move in and have sex before marriage. Like, doesn't God know that you can save a lot of money that way? Like, doesn't He understand you have to test drive the car before you buy? Like, where are you at? You're not even relevant anymore. Now you want me to wait until marriage before we live together and have sex? Are you crazy? What if you simply said, you know what, that that doesn't really make sense to me. But if you say so. See, back when I became a Christ follower, I was 18 years old. And and my sexuality was all over the place because I just wasn't following Christ at all. And then I got saved and, and I started reading the Bible and Jesus said that I shouldn't even look at a woman with lust, let alone have sex before marriage. And I was like, man, that is terrible. What a terrible rule. I was at Liberty. There's all these beautiful single girls everywhere, and I'm not even allowed to lust after one of them or let alone touch one of them. And so I went on this two-year dating fast because I just needed to learn how to obey Jesus in the area of sexuality. I started dating Jackie we had a conversation and said, we will not have sex until our wedding night if we get married. It's crazy. Who does that? Let alone an 18-year-old, 19-year-old man whose hormones are raging, right? And you know, we just obeyed God and we did not have sex until our wedding night. It can be done. Now, God's power had to come from heaven to help me. <laughs> but when you obey, guess what? When you obey, it unleashes divine power right here's what I said to God, but if you say so, and so for my life, here's what I 've been doing with my life. like when it doesn't make sense, like yeah it didn't make sense. like the whole tithing thing give ten percent to the church, like what 10 are- percent that didn't make sense. I could live a whole lot better on 100% than I can on 90%. You know what God says? No, no, no. I will bless you on 90% far more than you'll ever experience with 100%. That didn't make sense. 90%, 100%. But if you say so, I will tithe 10%. It's just what we've been doing with our life, going down the list, financially, sexually, relationally. Forgiveness, forgiveness, that didn't make sense. What makes sense is to hold a grudge. What makes sense is to be angry. What makes sense is to be bitter and, and, and to get back at people and seek revenge. That's what makes sense. Jesus, no, nah, I didn't. love your enemies. What? what are you t- where are you? Do you even understand what's going on around here? Like I want to punch my enemies. I don't want to love them. He said, but if you say so, I will do it. What if that was your mantra for life? It unleashes God's power in your life. That's the first reason. Second reason why obedience leads to an upgrade is because God is looking to give people his power. He's looking to give people his power, but he has to trust you. God wants to trust you. See, a lot of times our upgrade, many times our upgrade involves more influence, more authority, more impact. Like we want a raise at work. We want more more money, but are we ready to handle more money? We would like a raise, we'd like a new position, but are we ready to have employees underneath us? We'd love to be, uh, have a bigger family or, or get married. Are you ready to, to, to handle a spouse and a larger family? Like God wants to give us more, but does he trust us? He has to trust us to give us more. Do you agree with this, yes or no? One one time Jesus said, if you're faithful in the small things, if you prove to be faithful in tiny things, I will give you more. But let's first work on the small issues. He wants to trust us with his power. But have we proven it? How do we prove it? Obedience. Isn't this what happened with Abraham? God tells Abraham, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars of the sky, as numerous as the sand of the seashore. Through Isaac, your son, I'm going to give you a son. Through Isaac, I'm going to bless many nations. But first, let me test you. Listen to what God says to Abraham, Genesis chapter 22. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to offer him as a sacrifice, a burnt offering on one of the mountains I'm going to show you. What? God, you you told me that through this boy, Isaac, you're going to, you know, multiply my my descendants, and I'm going to be the father of many people. How could you ask me to human sacrifice? Now, to us, that sounds incredulous, and it is in our culture today. Back in Abraham's day, all of the, the, the pagan religions and pagan people, they would offer their children as sacrifices. It was very common practice back then to appease the gods. Now, in this situation, there was no way God was going to fulfill or ask Abraham to, to go through with it. He was just testing him to see if he, if he would obey so, Abraham the next day gets his son, gets some wood, gets his servants together. They go on a three day hike to Mount Moriah. They finally get there and they're walking up the mountain. I'm making a long story short here. Isaac says to his dad, Hey, dad, we've got the wood, we've got the fire, we've got the knife, like we've got the rope. Like, we're ready for, for this burnt offering. Where's the lamb? Interesting conversation. You know what Abraham says? Don't worry, God will provide. Can you imagine? Get to the top of the mountain, he grabs his son, puts him on the altar, ties him up, raises the knife, is about ready to take his own son's life. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord shows up and says this. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Don't hurt him in any way, for I know now that you fear God. For you have not withheld your your son, your only son, from me. What was God doing in this situation? You know what he was doing? He was testing Abraham to see if he would obey. Before he gave him even more authority and more influence and more impact. Can I I just say I think the same is true in our lives. God wants to upgrade your life, but upgrades require more character, more responsibility, more trust. Dallas Willard said a few years ago, Jesus is actually looking for people that he can trust with his power. He wants to give us an upgrade and give us more influence and power. But can, can I ask you this question? Can he trust you with more? Well, if you're disobedient, if if you just skip steps like, ah, I got this. I know what I'm doing. I know how to run a business. I know how to more handle finances. I know how to Why would he put more in your hands if you're unfaithful with the small things? He won't do it. Why does an upgrade lead us? Why does obedience lead us to an upgrade? Because God can trust us with more authority and more power and more influence. That's the second reason. Let me talk about this third one. The the third reason why obedience leads to an upgrade is because God's way is the best way. God's ways are the best way. What do I mean by that? God's ways are the best ways. Well, he just knows. He just knows about everything. Like Jesus created the heavens and the earth. He knows everything about everything because he made it. Mathematics, biochemistry, psychology, you put, you put a topic on the table, Jesus knows everything about it. The human brain, the human soul, the, the whole physical body. Like He made it. He's the author, right? And when you come to a point where it's like, okay, so Jesus, you're not just the dude that died on the cross because you love all people. You're not just the guy that gets on a knee and the little kids come and and, and sit on your knee and you hug them and you hold a sheep at the same time. You're not just that guy. You know, remember that series that we did? You are the most brilliant being in the universe. You know everything about everything. You are the smartest person alive When you come to that spot in your understanding of Jesus and then you read what he says you're like I'll do it yes or no do you agree with that like I'll do it like if you believe that Jesus knows everything about everything about your life whether it's The anxiety that you're struggling with, the anger issues that you have, whether it's, you know, issues of of bitterness and resentment and you can't forgive, or whether it's financial struggles that you have, or, or your sexuality that you're confused about. Like, if you can come to the point where you say, well, Jesus knows everything about everything, whatever he says about anxiety, whatever he says about sex, whatever he says about fear, whatever he says about anger, I'm just going to do it because he knows it. How many of you are there? A lot of hands went up. Then why aren't you doing what he says? If you believe that, then why aren't you following through on, on how he says to handle those who are insulting you and hurting you and even harming you? Why aren't you following through on what he said in regards to sexuality? See, we've got to ask this question. Do we really believe that Jesus knows what's best about everything? Jesus' brother James wrote a book called James. And he wrote something in that book that I think is really good for us. He said, I want you to be doers of what my brother said. (laughs) Let's be doers of the word. Jesus is the word. He's the living word. Like, do what my brother says. And don't just listen to my brother. Like, a lot of us come to church like, oh, I did. I'm I'm a good Christian. I, I went and I listened to the sermon. James says, no good. (laughs) You actually have to do the sermon, not listen to the sermon. Because if you just listen to the sermon and you don't do the sermon, you're deceiving yourself into thinking that you did something spiritual. Okay, That's Jesus' brother, James. The one who looks intently into the perfect law of liberty. He calls the word of God... A law of liberty. Now isn't it interesting how the Israelites moved out of slavery to the Egyptians into freedom? Why does he call this book the law of liberty? Well he got it from his brother Jesus who said, if you're my disciples you'll continue in my word and then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free free that's where he got this like he's quoting his brother saying if you want to be free from anxiety if you want to be free from anger if you want to be free from pornography if you want to be free from stress if you have to stay in the word and do what the word says and then it will set you free he calls it the law of freedom and continues to do so not being a forgetful here what did Danny talk about this weekend what did I read in the bible I don't remember I think it was funny. I think it was good. I don't remember what he said. Not being a forgetful hearer, but an effective doer. This person, this man, this woman, this middle school student, this high school student, this elderly person, this person will be blessed in what he does. Not the one who hears the book, but the one who does the book. The one who obeys. That's Jesus' brother. Why Why is James saying this? He's saying this because, like, look, my brother knows everything about everything. Just do what he says. That's why James said that. (laughs) If you just follow his orders, his instructions, and you don't deviate to the right or to the left, but you continue in them, you will walk in freedom. One time Jesus put it like this. Whoever hears these words, these teachings of mine, and does them is like a wise person who builds his house on the rock. And then when the storms of life come in, floods, winds, rains, the house stands firm because it's built on the rock. How do you build your house? How do you build your life on the rock? You do what Jesus says. On the other hand, whoever hears my words doesn't do them. is like a foolish person who builds his life, his house, on the beach, on the sand. And all of a sudden, the winds and the stresses of life come, and money problems, and someone dies, and this happens. And that house falls apart. It collapses. Why? Because it was built on sand. That's what happens when we say, you know what? I think I'll skip this step, this step. We cut parts of the Bible out we don't like and our house falls and then we wonder why is my life so messed up you've been skipping 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 the instructions Jesus knows best Andy Stanley said it like this he said Jesus will make your life better but he'll also make you better at life I'm telling you I am better at life my life is better but I'm better at marriage because Jesus tells me to love my wife as I love myself. He tells me to love my wife as, as, as he loved the church, as he offered himself a, a, a sacrifice for the church. And I try to do that. You know what, my marriage is pretty good. It's not perfect, but my wife likes me. Like, I mean, I know a lot of guys that can't say that. Like she doesn't just love me, she likes me. That's a big deal. I wanna keep it that way. You know why she likes me? Because I love her and I serve her and I try to cherish her. Not perfectly. Like, my, I'm a better father, I'm not a perfect father, I'm not a great father, but I'm a better father than I would ever be because Jesus told me, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not tease them, do not call them names, do not shame them. Now, sometimes I do that, I confess, I fail, and it doesn't make our relationships, you know, get better. But man, if, if I didn't hear the instructions of Jesus not to provoke my children with anger, and not to speak death into their life, but to speak life... I wouldn't be a very good father. Jesus makes your life better, but he makes you better at life. There are so many times where all I wanted to do was hold a grudge against my wife because of something she said or something she did. So many times. How could she? Doesn't she doesn't know? Why won't she respect me? And I'm just going to give her the cold treatment forever. You ever been there? I mean, I'm an idiot. Do you ever, I mean, is any, are there any other idiots in the crowd? Like, this is stuff that goes through my head. Like, that's it, you know? And then Jesus comes on. Hey, psst, psst. remember my command on forgiveness? <sighs> yeah. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Danny, how much have I forgiven you? A whole lot. Go extend it. Give it out like I gave it to you. Okay. Jesus makes your life better. He makes you better at life. Is this making sense? Obedience takes your marriage to the next level, your parenting to the next level. Do what he says. Because this is so clear in the Bible, when Jesus sees disobedience, like he's confused about it. I wrote it like this in your notes. Disobedience doesn't even make sense to Jesus. He's like, look, I gave you the step-by-step deal. Like I gave all the steps. If you follow them, you'll get what's on the, you'll get this. Why aren't you following? One time he said it like this. Why do you keep calling me Jesus? Why do you keep coming to church saying that I'm your Lord? Why do you keep telling people you're a Christian and, and you don't do what I say? Do you see, do you see, like it doesn't, it doesn't compute for like if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to call me Lord and you believe that I know everything about everything and that I will bless your life if you obey, why are you disobeying? Like, I don't understand. Do you feel his heart here? He's not mad at you. He's not even mad at me. He's not mad at us. He doesn't want to punish us. He's just going, he's like, what's going on? Like I've laid it out for you with your finances and your sexuality and with your emotions and your fear and your worry and the anger and the bitterness and all these other things like why won't you obey I love God's heart through the prophet Isaiah Listen to this How I wish This is God's heart How I wish that you would have obeyed my commandments Do you feel it I just love God's heart comes through the scriptures How it's like a dad How I wish you would just follow what I said. Had you followed what I told you to do, your success and good fortune would then have overflowed like a flooding river. Oh, Here's what I don't want for you, and and God doesn't want it for you, and I don't want it for my own life. I don't want to miss out on this this blessing and the favor of God and the good fortune of God flooding into my life like a river because I simply said, I'm smarter than God. I, I, I don't need the manual. I can build it myself. I don't want to do that. So I'm just, just going to simply say like Peter did, um, you know, Jesus, I, I, you know, if you say so. <laughs> like it's really that simple. Like I'm not that smart. You don't really have to be that smart to have an incredible life. It's just like, look, well, you know, I don't, I don't get it, but if you say so. Like I'd rather do this and the world is saying this and the culture says this and there's also, but if you say so. I'll do it your way. So let me ask you a hard question as we wrap up. Where do you need to obey Jesus? He's been trying to communicate to some of you, give up the alcohol. You know it's, it's kicking your butt. You know it's going to ruin your family. You know it's going to hurt your health. You know you drink too much. He's saying, come on, let's go. It's time it's time to stop. You know he said give up the porn." Come on, be faithful sexually. Come on. Do what I say. Live, live a biblically sexual life. Come on. And you're like, nah. I'm just telling you. It's going to hinder you. It's going to hurt you. Where do you need to obey Jesus? Is it in the area of your finances? Like you, you fear what Jesus said. He said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I, I know he says to do that. And, but I know generosity is a thing for him. But I need to hold on to it. I need to hoard it myself. So I need all of it 100%. Come on. I, I'm, I know that's what's, what you feel and it's what you sense. But Jesus, Jesus says something different. Forgiveness giving, trusting. If we just simply do what he says, our life will be blessed. You know, the gospel is a simple message. Jesus said, repent and believe the gospel. What does that mean? Well, repentance is this concept of, of turning. It's, it, it literally means to change directions or to change your mindset to think a different way. So if we could look at Jesus's words when he started preaching his message, he's literally saying, change the way you think about life, change the way you're doing life. You're doing life according to your own knowledge, your own wisdom, selfishly, ego-centered, all that stuff. I want you to turn away from that, living in your own little kingdom, and I want you to step into my kingdom. In fact, he would say it like this, my kingdom is near, my, king, my kingdom is here. Step into it, repent of that way, and step into a new life, life with God. You know, that message is something that needs to be obeyed. A lot of preachers will say, believe and you'll go to heaven when you die. There's some truth to that. That's not what Jesus said though. He said, I want you to turn and enter in to a new way of life, a new way of living. Does that include believing? Absolutely, it includes believing. It also includes obeying. I'm turning my life around and I'm now gonna live with God. Jesus made that possible by dying on the cross for our sins, by removing the barrier so that we can step into fellowship with him. Will you obey the gospel today? Will you turn today away from your kingdom into God's kingdom? Will you trust Christ that he died for you on the cross to forgive your sins, to wash away all the guilt and shame? If that's you today, if you'd like to obey the gospel, if you'd like to trust in Jesus, I'm gonna say a simple prayer, take these words, and make them your own and step into life with God. Will you pray with me if you feel led to? Jesus, I turn today away from living my own way, my own life. And I turn towards you. I turn into your kingdom. put my trust and my faith in you in what you did for me on the cross. You gave your life, you died to pay for my sin. And so I trust you right now. Wash me of my sin, cleanse me and make me your child. And from this day, folks, Teach me to obey so that your power, my influence, authority, and life will just get better as I follow your ways. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, our church wants to celebrate with you. Amen. Amen you wouldn't mind if you're watching online or where whatever location you're at if you wouldn't mind if you if mind, if you just prayed that prayer, could you text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D to 65248. Here's why. We would love to get with you and support you in your new journey with Christ. We would also like to put a box in your hands, a saved box. Inside this box, there's a cup. There's a, a, a New Believers Bible in here with a reading plan to get you started on your new journey with Christ. A little bit about baptism, about how to get in a group. And so if you've texted the word SAVED to 65248, please grab one of these at your auditorium in the back of your auditorium. There. Can we give God glory one more time guys, amen? Will you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for the clarity of the scriptures that you tell us to obey. Help us to be like Peter who said, but if you say so when we don't understand or when it doesn't make sense, and when it goes against what we're feeling and desiring may we just trust you that you know best put our lives in your hands so that we can upgrade and experience abundant life we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you. See you next week for week number four of Upgrade.